The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South. Tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom Three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jeff Calkins. How's it going, Tiger football fans? An exciting week is upon us. Uh, after all season, a season of anticipation, of expectations, the Memphis football team can clinch its first division title this week and earn its first berth into the AAC championship game with a win over SMU Saturday at the Liberty Bowl. That's pretty darn exciting. Um, and, you know, I, I know it's maybe because each week it's been building to this. Some, sometimes you can overlook the fact that, you know, a few years ago you wouldn't have even been able to imagine something like this. And so savor it. I know the, the football team seems to be savoring it in terms of, you know, they know how important this is. They know sort of how uh, historic this could be. And it's just, you know, it's fun to, to be following a championship football team and a, and a, or a potentially championship football team, but also a team that's just playing really well. We come out of the bye week. Memphis has won five straight games. They're in the top 20 in both the coaches and the AP polls. This is as high as they've been ranked in the AP poll this late in the season ever. You've got Anthony Miller and Riley Ferguson. I was doing some research the other day. Both of them are going to are at record setting paces. Uh, Anthony Miller's probably going to set the he already set the receiving yards record a couple weeks ago. He's about he's four catches from setting the reception rec- record in school history. They're up for all sorts of awards. The defense is playing really well. I, I don't really know what else you could ask for in November with a college football team. Joined here as always by Jeff Coggins. You wrote today, this is these are the most important games potentially in Memphis football history. What do you think about what we're what we're about to enjoy this week and in the, the weeks to come here as this season winds down? Well, you could ask for the other thing you ask for is a big crowd. You can ask for that. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. It, it, they have been openly both Tom Bowen and Mike Norvell. He did, mentioned it at the at the Touchdown Club last week. He mentioned it again. A lot of promotions online. A lot too. of like get out there and and there's and I. It's funny because I don't normally. It's not my job very clearly to to try to fill that stadium. I came as close to it as I'm comfortable with in my <laughs> column today by basically by basically pointing out that yes, I think that this team has had big wins before. They have beaten Tennessee. They've beaten Alabama. They've beaten Auburn. They've beaten U.S. See, they've beaten Ole Miss. They've beaten Mississippi State. They you can go right down the line, and they've had a lot of big wins. That the difference is, is that right now they are playing for something. Now it's too bad that what they are playing for isn't included a shot at the real playoff, like that that, that they're not allowed to because of the way the system works. But still, they are playing for a shot to play in a New Year's Day Bowl. That's fairly amazing. And I know we talk about it theoretically at the start. The last We didn't used to talk about it at all. We used to talk about wouldn't it be nice to have a competent football team. Then when they got good, we started saying, gosh, you know, if they break just the right way, they could play. And it always seemed, come on, like a thousand things had to happen. Well, a thousand things don't have to happen anymore. Now just three things have to happen. One, you have to win this weekend. Two, you then have to beat East Carolina. And three, you then have to win the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Now, are they favored to do all those things? No. The odds are that they will not pull off those three things, but to even be a potential where it's right there within your control is magnificent. Well, and something I'd like to point out is everyone seems to think 
They need to win out to get to the Peach Bowl. But it ultimately, it's the best, the top-ranked conference champion from a group of five conference makes it to the, gets a bid into the New Year's Six Bowl. Like, say they lose to SMU or ECU, but then beat UCF in the conference championship game. There's no other teams from other conferences ranked as of right now in the college football playoff rankings. I, I would I would venture to guess they would potentially be still the I have, highest. I have team. not looked into that. Whether like whether it's any Colorado the others... State is okay, but they're like a two or three loss team. I mean, I I I don't necessarily think yet. I mean, obviously you guarantee yourself if you win out, but I don't necessarily think you have to win out to make it to that New Year's Six Bowl. Um, it's all really dependent on how the college football playoff selection committee views things. Now that could, you know, maybe tonight, Tuesday night, you know, the new playoff rankings come out and someone like Colorado State or or Army, Army has a really good record this year, maybe there, um, put in there in the lower 25 part. But like if you look at the AP and the college and the coaches poll, there's no one even really receiving votes for the most part. But obviously the stakes are really high. I think I think Memphis would like, you know, it would take some of the polish off the season if you go nine and two instead of ten and one. Yeah, and I think um, I mean I, I again I haven't I I could spend some time and looking and look at it um, to see who whether it's the Mountain West or whether whoever else could could um, might possibly be able to sneak past them were they to lose the scenario you're talking about is they lose to 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 SMU they then beat East Carolina they then beat S UCF like, or USF like if you if you look at the else. the others receiving votes and they people Boise State has six and Army has three. In right. the AP poll. Those are the two. Boise State's eight and two. Um, so whether it'd they be were a two loss, it'd it would be, be risky. You don't want to chance it. Yeah. You don't want to chance it. Go ahead and beat SMU. Um, so, no, it's a lot of fun. And it's been interesting to watch because uh, Mike Norvell is very clearly, you know, he's a he's a go one and oh every week guy. That's, of course. Um, but the one and oh this week happens now. Here we are. You know, and so he has been talking about this as if it is a championship game. It is not technically a championship game. And the truth matters, they'll probably get to the 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 conference championship game no matter what happens Saturday. But no, you you can't you can't help but for those of us who've been here a long time and, and watched this football team stagger around ineptly most of the most of that period you can't help but be thrilled for the program for the fans and then for this collection of players which is a really easy to like group of players whether it's anthony miller or riley ferguson or tony pollard who we've grown to know really quite well or tj carter and then you spend time you spent time today with with tito windham yeah and he's an interesting cat and he really is and so it might be my favorite player on the team now <laughs> um so yeah we won't to tease it but his life goal is to open a pharmacy so we'll yes. let you read the story later in the week whoever would have imagined that his life's goal would be to open a pharmacy but anyway yeah. the guy comes flying off the corner blitzing like hell and he wants to open a pharmacy um but uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun and i do hope that people um show up on saturday because um because it is a big game i i know there's various people who are disappointed with the 11 o'clock start i'm, cu- I'm curious what you think about it so I, i'm thinking about now as like a reporter you know, eleven o'clock's great. We can get it in the paper. Yes. Got a As lot a of commercial time. appeal reporter. We can actually you will be able to, to read this in your Sunday paper. But if I you remember, get the actual paper. I remember as a Michigan student, which wasn't that long ago, about ten years ago, 
I hated noon kickoffs for Michigan because I, you know, it took right. away from tailgate time. Like right. that three, we didn't have night games in Michigan when I was there, so I never, you know, the big house doesn't have. No, they don't like it for that reason. I mean, they, 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 a it. It takes away from the, the tailgate. Takes away from the, the the tailgate. It also is a crush getting into the Liberty Bowl, which it wouldn't have you know, which it wouldn't be. Some people have morning activities or athletic pursuits for their kids, and it therefore gets hard to get there by eleven. It's not ideal. I don't, but I vastly prefer it to. Um, from my perspective, to a night game when it's, um, you know, when, as you point out, we don't even get it in the newspaper. So, um, when now, it's SMU, important uh-huh. to clarify, like people are like blaming Tom Bowen and the school, like they have, they have very that. little power. Like they can request to the conference. Like I'm pretty sure, I don't think they requested 11 a.m. for this game, no. but I think they requested an early afternoon game because there's also a basketball game and you have to be able to staff both events. Um, but regardless, because this game ended up on these games ended up on ESPN, ESPN's the one who decides this. I mean, like the school has very if ESPN wants your team, and Memphis is now a pretty attractive AAC team to have on TV because of how it plays, because of its record, because of the storylines related to the game. Um, and they don't want to put it at night because there's other, you know, the no offense, the power conference teams. A lot of times, or at night, it's a, like for exposure nationally. It's probably better to be the eleven a.m. game than it is to be a, a night game. I will say, I think, I think the fact one of the things that Mike Darvell has talked about is the resilience of this team or the ability to just put on blinders and do what's in front of them. And I do think that it is admirable the fact that they have played on Thursdays, played on Fridays, played on Saturdays early, played on Saturdays late. They've had a game canceled. They've played in a typhoon. They've been down to Houston big. They've whatever. And they just seem to respond. I think that is the maybe the the most um, compelling characteristic of this team is the way that whatever the hell happens, they just seem to respond, including uh, a, a pretty good beatdown that UCF put on them. And that's one of the things that Mike Norvell talked about at his Monday lunch was that they didn't fold their tents after that beatdown. They responded and have played better football since. Hey, what was interesting to me is he said they haven't had a set schedule really all year. Right. No, they just had, make it up as they no go along. No rhythm. No rhythm. And it, you, you can't tell. Um, but this week will be an interesting test. Um, SMU, you're going to have two of the top 12 offenses in the country on the same field in this one. SMU coached by Chad Morris, who was at one point Mike Norvell's boss at Tulsa, but obviously kind of made a name for himself as the offensive coordinator at Clemson, when uh, who really got Dabo Sweeney going at Clemson. Um, but they have three wide receivers, one of whom, Trey, Trey Quinn, who um, is having a much better statistical year than Anthony Miller. Um, he's one of the other 10 semifinalists for the Blitnikoff. He's got 96 catches for 1,008 yards this year already. And then there's also Cortland Sut- Sutton. And everyone thinks he's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. Like, he's a guy, it's funny, like, as, as good as Anthony Miller has been and as good as Riley Ferguson has been, you look up Cortland Sutton, put in mock draft and Cortland Sutton. And, Trey Quinn. And, no, put in the, the second yeah. game. And, and he comes up ahead of Anthony Miller. Well, and he's got 55 catches for 875 yards. And then James Proche, who's a sophomore, he's got 690 yards receiving. So, 
presume you you have three guys who could potentially finish with a thousand yards receiving this year in that uh, receiving core at SMU. So they they can put up points, um, and they've they've Chad Morris has done a great job rebuilding that program. I mean, they're six and four right now. They lost a, a close one to Navy. They really started out poorly in that game, but then came all the way back from being down big, tied up Navy, and then lost it in the end. Um, but this is going to be a, this is going to be another test for this Memphis defense and a different type of test. They've been going up against a lot of really good rushing attacks, and this is going to be a test of this secondary um, that was a question mark coming into the season, but has done an admirable job. Um, and has really seemed to improve week by week, um, especially in terms of creating takeaways and and coming up with big plays when they really need it. Um, that's why I'm writing about Tito Windham this week. Obviously, T.J. Carter, the freshman, has had a great year. Uh, Jonathan Cook has quietly been like the stabilizing force back there at safety. Um, Josh Perry has stepped into a starting role the past few weeks and done a nice job. Um, so another... Another a big test. I, I think this is going to be a game. I mean, you're just SMU. No one's really stopped them this year, so it's not really going to be an offense you keep off the board or you know do what you did a couple weeks ago at Tulsa and give up. You know, no point. You know, basically shut them down for two and a half quarters. I just don't see that happening. Um, no, and it will be a real test for the secondary. Um, there's no question. It's funny. I just googled Cortland Sutton, and two stories come up. Is uh, could SMU Receiver, and this is from six days ago, so it's fairly current. He's six four. Could SMU receiver Cortland Sutton be a top five NFL draft pick? That's what you're talking about. He, physically, he has what Anthony Miller does not have, and that's that's why the NFL loves him so much. So, um, but I absolutely agree with you. I think it's a. It's an incredibly perilous game. You look at how close they came to beating Navy. You look at how close they came, much closer than, than Memphis did, to beating um, UCF. You look at, you know, they they, they, they gave it Houston all they could handle. Um, and so they have every, they absolutely have the ability to beat uh, Memphis. This is one of those games where if Riley Ferguson isn't on, you know, if you have those three drives, three three and outs in a row because whatever, because there's a drop or because that's the other thing. They also have the leading sacker in the in the so so he could be under pressure if he throws picks like you can't have that because you're going to be matching him touchdown for touchdown. And that requires explosive plays on offense and consistency. And it requires Turning them, turning them over a little bit on defense, which has been their key all along. And two things they have in their favor are one, they've had two weeks to prepare for SMU with the bye week. As much as the bye week, you know, even Mike prepare Mike, or does it take you out of your rhythm? Yeah, Whichever that's way the you question. Mike Norvell says is wor- he's worried. He's understandably worried that you know they were on this five game win streak and now they didn't have a game last week and you wonder if it you know it'll affect momentum. At the same time, you've had two weeks to prepare for this offense and. SMU is coming off Navy, which is always a really physical game, a game that kind of takes you out of your rhythm in a way because it's their their offense is so unique. So that is working in their favor, yeah. but I think this is going to be a pr- a pretty close game. I think I think they're going to have to earn if they're yes, going to make it to the championship game, they are going to have to earn it. Well, they won't have to earn it because they'll beat East Carolina next yeah, week. So, but if so they're going to make, they're it, gonna this make week, it this week, they will have to earn they're it. They're going to yes. have to earn Last it. Last thing we should talk about before we go is, um, and we, we haven't 
yet, which is nice. Um, Mike Norvell is on every list um, that there is. I don't actually get the sense that it is an overwhelming subject of conversation. People are distraction, distraction, distraction. I don't get the sense it's an overwhelming subject at practice or whatever. Like he bats it out of the air. He says, listen, we've had distractions from the very beginning. We were picked first in our, to win their, our division. Like that can go to your head. We, we've had on every watch list, players are on all kinds of watch lists. That can go to your head, whatever. So this is not a distraction. And I get the sense that that's, I don't think the team is particularly focused on whether Mike Norvell is leaving or staying. I think it helps that they, they're playing for a championship. They, right. You know, they have something else to really concern themselves with. If they were, say, well, I guess if they were six and four like SMU, they wouldn't be in it. Norvell would probably, be as hot name, right. wouldn't be a hot name. But if they were in SMU's position and Norvell was on these coaching lists, then I think it could really be a distraction because you're not, you're all, you're not really playing for much. This team has so much to play for that. What and, if it's different for Scott Frost though? Because people, uh, people are pretty much a hundred percent assume Scott Frost's gone, right? And it is the unfortunate thing about this conference that there you are having the year that Scott Frost, and he's either going to Florida or he's going to Tennessee, he's going to Nebraska, like he's gone a hundred percent. I don't think people assume that a hundred percent Mike Norvell is gone. Um, maybe sixty percent, whatever, because he's got to get the job. He's got to get a job he likes, and it's a little more iffy for him. But, um, but. I don't think it's been a big deal. I do wonder if it is a big deal on UCF. And it is interesting to contemplate that this could be a championship game with two teams with coaches who will be both talked about um, as perhaps headed elsewhere. Yes, that will be fascinating if if indeed UCF and Memphis play in that championship game. And we're, you know... And, and you just hope that, that, that the stories... You know, I'm not telling people not to do their news and break the stories, but you hope, honestly, you would hope that Mike Norvell and Scott Frost would both say, if anyone they're interested in them, um, would say, yo, we'll talk to you after the championship game. Yeah, but their agents are, you know. The agents are, agents are, their are agents always going to be talking. working. Their agents are already talking to them. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it'll be a fun game, and uh, I do hope people show up on Saturday. Yeah. So get out to the Liberty Bowl, folks. I know it's 11 a.m., but get some Bloody Marys, get some mimosas going. Then you can go home and watch watch some other football games and sell. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be all celebrate. I'll be writing about an AAC West Division title, and you'll be celebrating an AAC West Division title. Um, but till then, I was Mark Giannato. I was joined by Jeff Coggins as always. Thanks for joining us on the Tiger Football Podcast. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. The Tiger Football Podcast is hosted by Tom Shad and Jeff Coggins. A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. Commercial Appeal.